Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast with Blake Tollison. I'm Chris Larson. Do not adjust your screens. I am sitting on my couch right now. I mean, it's snowing outside. It's like brutal, not cold, but just kind of some brutal winter weather right now. So why not uh, crank up the fireplace and sit on your couch and record a podcast today? Yeah, it's pretty miserable out there. It, uh, it's not looking good for our ice season across at least the areas that you and I live in. Yeah, you don't you don't want to see the snow on top. I and mean, we're down in uh, you're you're in the Wisconsin kind of Chippewa Falls area, and I'm I'm just outside the metro, and it is uh, yeah, we, we are like right in that spot where we're getting to get pretty good ice, and uh, now all this wet nasty snow on top of it uh, is not going to help anything. Um, let's take a look. We're going to talk today a little bit about Malax and. Malax was really also in that stage, you know, kind of stiffening up. I don't think they got the snow that we got. Uh, last report I had, there was no vehicle traffic, but the, there were some snow machines out, um, some wheelers out. Uh, but again, this the snow isn't really helping anything at all when it comes to that. I know uh, I was hearing some people driving, uh, they're clearing uh, the ice for uh, single axle trailers and half ton trucks on Red Lake this weekend. So things are setting yep. up pretty good up north. I was up on Lake of the Woods last weekend. It was super warm. It was in the 30s, uh, but we had like 8 to 10 inches up there. And, of course, all, all the uh, resorts are running those kind of geo-tracker vehicles, and they were driving those across the ice no problem. Yeah, things are happening. Uh, but, again, we'll just have to see what happens with the snow and what the weather looks like from here on out. But uh, let's talk some Malax. Malax is... Uh, course very popular you can get there in a few hours from the twin cities uh it's probably the first of the big destination lakes that you're going to encounter when you're driving north 120,000 acres um, but uh the the tough part about malax is is those regulations and if you want to go out and, and catch a fish dinner that's not going to be the place to go blake do you want to kind of go through uh the regulations for this year at malax yeah yeah, so like you said, it's definitely not the place to go and catch your, your fish dinner. It's not your red lake. It's not your lake of the woods. Um, but people do have the opportunity to keep one. So it's better than nothing. Um, basically from December 1st through February 27th of 2023, so that's the end of game fish season, uh, people can keep one walleye between 21 inches and 23 inches or one longer than 28. So maybe you catch a trophy, you still get an opportunity to keep that fish, which is He's awesome, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's a lake. I call it the Instagram lake. You know, if you want to go and catch a big walleye for the IG, that's going to be the place to go. And you go out there and catch yeah. some 25-inch walleyes, <clears throat> you know, that's not uncommon at all. It's something that's, that's definitely very doable for you, especially when the bite is going good. Um, but it's it's obviously yep. not a place you're going to go if you want to go catch a fish dinner. But uh, if you want that that nice picture of you with a big walleye, probably not a better place to go than there. Well, especially that close to the metro, too. I mean, there, there really isn't a better place than there that close to the metro. Right. I mean, you can go to Winnipeg or Erie or something like that. But as far as Minnesota goes, you know, for trophy walleyes and just an abundance of them, that is going to be the place. 
Blake, uh, I know you uh, are kind of a fanatic when it comes to lures and those kind of things. Tell me a little bit about yep. what your favorite lures are when you're chasing nor or chasing walleyes on Mille Lacs. So Mille Lacs, it's it's kind of one of those places where you want to have like that that one two punch. Um, you know, you hear about that a lot when it comes to walleye fishing, having um, a jigging setup and then having something that's like a dead stick. And I've at least in the times that I fished Mille Lacs, um, I grew up fishing there, fished there quite a bit in the last 10 years. Um, a lot of times in the winters, those dead sticks make a huge difference. Uh, so it's really, really important to make sure you have a dead stick. Um, when it comes to, to the actual lure setup, I'm using a lot of like smaller spoons, uh, things in like that eighth ounce class. Um, typically just like a standard metal spoon will work well. Things like a, a buckshot, um, a T-flasher. Um, if you want something a little bit more aggressive, especially earlier in the season, you can get away with lipless crankbaits uh, like a Z-Viber or maybe like a, a jig and wrap style bait or a Z-Darter. Things like that work really, really well. Um, but like I said, it's important to have a dead stick out there. I have caught um, in the wintertime, almost all my big fish have come off of a dead stick. And usually it's something like uh, using like a big sucker minnow or a big shiner. And it's, it seems to bring those big fish in and that's what actually convinces them to eat is that dead stick. Yeah, that dead stick uh, seems to be the ticket. Tell me about how you rig that dead stick. What does that look like on the business end? Yep. So for me personally, I like to use a rod and reel setup. Um, there's nothing wrong with using a tip up um, or maybe just a, a bobber right next to you. But what I like to do is I use finicky foolers and iFish Pros. I'll pair that up with a dead stick from St. Croix. So that's the dead eye. Um, basically, I'm rigging that up with just a single split shot and then just a standard octopus hook. Um, typically, it's a size six, uh, especially when I'm walleye fishing. If I'm pike fishing, I might bump it up to um, like a little bit larger treble hook. If you remember those, uh, I think they were called the sure set hooks from BMC. I still have a stash of those, and those seem to work really well on, on tip-ups. Yeah, one of the things that I saw actually at the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show, um, I spent a little time with Pat Calmerton, and he showed me something that I'm sure a lot of people have seen, but it was just not something I'd ever thought about. And then this past weekend, I went up on Lake of the Woods and fished with a fishing guide up there named Matt Peters. And they use essentially like a drop shot rig for their um, dead sticks and for their tip-ups as well. So basically, you know, I've always rigged it kind of the way you described it with that, that weight above the minnow. But what they're doing is actually putting the weight right at the end of the line and then rigging that hook up, you know, maybe eight, nine inches up over the over the weight. And I was just amazed by how effective it was. And, and you always know where you're at in the water column with that as well, especially. I just think it's a brilliant idea for tip up fishing because, you know, how far up and you never have to worry about setting your line again. You know where that hook's going to yep. be. And uh, and we were banging them on the on those dead sticks with that and i just it was very cool to see on the sonar when you could see those fish come up and whack that thing yeah i mean just the efficiency of that is far superior to your standard dead stick setup especially i mean i've done it a, a million times i forget to put a bobber stop or something on there or maybe you're fighting that fish and that bobber stop gets hung up on an eyelet or hung up on the tip up itself and then you're back to square one resetting everything so having that where you don't have to worry about that is a huge advantage just keeps you I and mean, realistically your baits in the water way more with a setup like that then 
Yeah, I, I saw that and went, yeah, I'm going to re-rig all of my tip-ups this year to do that yeah. because I, I thought it was just a brilliant way to way to go about it. And, uh, you know, absolutely. <clears throat> Matt was Matt was hooking his minnows through the mouth, but Pat Calmerton, when I talked to him, he hooks them through the tail, and he wants them kind of swimming away from that hook all the time. And he's like, you know, the fish is going to come at it from head first and just kind of wallop the whole thing. So it was interesting, just the two well, different uh, – thought processes on that minnow hook as well yep well and it makes sense you know with the using like a drop shot setup where that that weight is kind of going to kind of pin the fish to the bottom more or that mm -hmm. that minnow more in a specific area so you want it to be able to swim around a lot more a lot of times what i'm doing is just hooking it um you know partially like kind of between the back and the head because like you said they do come head first oftentimes and grab that and then i want to make sure i'm pointing that hook forward basically towards the head so that when they come and grab it they're getting that hook point um very good otherwise if you hook it back towards the tail you're gonna miss fish tell me about colors what colors do you like um for me it's it's a clear body of water so a lot of times your natural stuff's gonna work there's a, a big perch base in blacks uh so perch patterns otherwise kind of your uv greens uv pinks oranges those all have their place in time but a lot of times with a, a clear body of water, I'm going to use a lot more natural presentations. Yeah, I love that perch pattern out there. I love that uh, the kind of the yellows and stuff like that in there. Um, tell me about yep. you're going out there. Somebody's heading up to Mille Lacs. The lake is so big, and there is so much structure, and it's very um, diverse in the structure. Where do you set up? Where do you start? How do you kind of pinpoint a spot to – to kind of get going well it really depends on what area you're going to go out of um so in lax like the north end is a lot more mud based where uh the southern end has um kind of a, a mix of rocks and sand there is some mud um especially out towards the middle of the lake there's a lot more mud um and then there is some sand on the north end as well so it really kind of depends on first off where you're going to fish um my experience out there typically uh, when the fish move out to the mud, that's oftentimes a little bit deeper bite. Um, so you might be fishing, you know, 25 to, to 30 or more feet. Um, but, but sometimes when you're fishing in kind of that rockier stuff, that stuff that's closer to shore, uh, typically you're going to be fishing a little bit shallower. The best thing out there is to work with the resorts that you're going out of. Um, so like I said, if you're going to the north end, talk to the resorts on the north end, find out where they're catching fish, and that's going to help you set up. Um, and then same thing if you're going out of the, the south end as well. Yeah, people uh, have never been up there. It is uh, There's a huge road system. Uh, you're going to pay for access to get out to those roads, but uh, it's it's almost like driving, you know, like in a city. I mean, you've got roads, and there's, yeah. there's literally road signs out with named roads, and then you're going to see all these houses uh, from the resorts, and you'll see just a, a ton of wheelhouse activity out there. It is... Uh, it's actually pretty impressive if you've never been there to kind of see how everything sets up out there. Yeah, any of those bigger lake systems, it's just amazing um, how different it is from the small lakes. Like you said, there's there's plowed roads. Um, you know, you know, kind of where you're going. There's there's street signs, so you know you're not going to get lost. Like it's a totally different setup than a lot of these little lakes. But I would say that you're definitely going to want to. Um, have some GPS capabilities, either have the Navionics app on your phone or something, because 
it's such a big lake and there are so many roads and so many uh just houses everywhere it would be very easy to get out there two three miles and just get turned around and, and not really know where you're going oh, so yeah. i would say that's something that you're definitely going to want to have with you especially if you get inclement weather too I, I mean i can think of times where there wasn't a lot of snow on the ice and there was a staked road but i lost my path because i you know a lot of that snow had blown off and i didn't even know where the road was and if it wasn't for having a gps i would have been able to get back to kind of that road in a place like that, you know, it's not a not somewhere where you want to just kind of go all over the place. Like, you know that those road systems are there for a reason. Um, the resorts have maintained those. There's going to be good, safe ice there. Like, that's the places that you want to kind of stay near to, especially if you're you have a big rig or you're hauling a, a permanent shack out with you. It's it's a good idea to stay close to that road system. You know, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, um, Malax is very well known, obviously, for this trophy walleye fishery. But the other thing that I think you hear a lot of, especially from people that are not experienced on that lake, is going up there and just, like, finding an ice-cold bite and, and getting up there and just <laughs> really struggling. I mean, the lake is really fun when the things are – when it's really going, but um, there's just a lot of people that come off of there with really nothing to show for their efforts. And it's one of those places, I think, that you have to be willing to move um, even if you've got yep. a wheelhouse, if things aren't aren't going right, got to be able to move. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're going to have a wheelhouse, best plan, I think, is to set that up somewhere where, you know, they're going to be coming through morning, afternoon, uh, kind of like those key prime locations. That's where you'd set that up. But if I was going up to the wheelhouse, I would still bring a portable shack with um, and something that I can just kind of haul around all day with me, hop around. I mean, it's it can be really tough out there. I mean, I can think of several times where coming off with not much to show for it. Um, and it's a lot of times it's because they didn't move enough. Um, if you move around, you, you will find fish out there. There's a lot of fish in that system. It just sometimes takes a little bit of extra work. Yeah. And it's, it's structure on structure. You know, there's all these mud flats and, and you've got all these reefs and sometimes just find like the little pointy part, or maybe there's a little pocket in that reef. Um, just a little piece yeah. of, of different structure and it's a lake that i would also say it's you know having a underwater camera is a big deal uh, even when you get out in those depths where you're in 30 feet of water you know you drop your camera down you're probably not going to get crystal clear video at that but you can drop down and see like where there's a gravel line or where there's just a little pocket in that mud flat and that seems to hold the fish and maybe it's not even hey we're going to go out and fish with this camera down but just going out and taking a look at what's around you on the bottom and what that structure looks like and finding just those little kind of micro areas of structure that seem to be fish magnets. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And the, the nice thing about Mille Lacs is that it is so clear. So like you said, you're in, out in the 30-foot depths, you're probably not going to see perfectly. But in a lot of that shallow stuff, you're going to be able to see a long ways away. So it's a great, great scouting tool to have a camera there. Yeah, having that camera there. We did a we did a show uh, last year, I believe, with Joel Nelson talking about using a fish house as a base of operations. And I would say this is a lake that, yeah, you're going to want to do that. If you've got that permanent fish house, like you said, bring a portable, maybe bring a four-wheeler or at least, you know, if, if its conditions are good enough, you can drive around in your vehicle. Um, if right. things in the daytime aren't moving real well, get out, <clears throat> drill some holes, um, 
move away from that fish house, then get back to the fish house in the evening, get your rattle reels down. Uh, of course, the catch cover rattlesnake reel is, in my opinion, the best one out there. You can get that rattle reel right over the hole. Um, get those rattle reels down. And there is a night bite, and there's many times where I've been awakened, you know, at 2.30 in the morning with, with the rattle reel going down, and that's that's not uncommon. Yeah, that's one of those places that you can get away with catching a lot of fish at night. You know, like a lake of the woods, it's kind of known for not having a night bite, but a clear system like Relax does have a pretty solid night bite at times. And with that clear clear water too, um, you know, I think a lot of people, especially in Minnesota, we get used to fishing walleyes on the bottom, um, but those walleyes can really see up in the water column with that clear water and um how do you feel about just kind of jigging that entire water column as you as you work your way down? Yeah, I think on Mille Lacs in particular or any clear body of water, it's important to stay a lot higher up uh, than you would like on a stained body of water where you're used to fishing in that bottom 6 to 12 inches. But on Mille Lacs, it's, it makes sense. I mean, three, four feet up in the air, like those walleyes will have no problem seeing um, seeing a bait that high up. I mean, it's the system is just so clear that you're not going to have a concern. It's a, it's a good point, Chris. Yeah, and, and I think uh, the other thing you see when you're out there and you're you're pounding that bottom, you know, these walleyes are eating, they're eating perch, but they're also eating a lot of invertebrates and, you know, just insects and stuff. You know, pound that bottom a few times with those lures too or kick up some dust. And, and again, you know, it's almost like, you know, there's you're putting a lot of vibration in the water, but it's also they can see down there. I mean, there's there's uh, like you say there's there's really good visibility. They can see what's happening and, and getting some some dust kicked up. I think is is another thing that can bring fish in when when the bite's not going well. Yeah, especially out in the mud. I've seen that make uh, a big difference at times out in the mud. Yeah, let's talk. We've been talking walleyes, Blake, but uh, talk a little bit about some of the other uh, species that people will be targeting over through the ice on on Lake Malax. Yeah, I mean, historically, Mille Lacs has been a heck of a perch fishery. Um, I know there was a handful of years where it was kind of down, but from what I've been hearing, things are picking up. And the nice part about there, it's a 20 fish limit. So if you know, if you, you want to go keep some fish, if that's your goal, going to Mille Lacs, uh, maybe go after perch. That might be a great opportunity. Uh, the other thing out there is pike, and there's some big pike out there. Uh, the thing there is all pike that are greater than 30 inches got to be let go. Uh, but you can keep three under that 30-inch limit. Um, and then something that gets targeted a lot, especially later in the season, uh, is tulabies. There's a lot of tulabies out there, um, and it's a limit of five now. I think it used to be more, uh, but it's a limit of five here this year. Yeah, that tulabie fishery is something that, you know, there were probably a few people out there that were were doing that kind of in the shadows. But that's, again, it's, it's yep. sort of like burbot fishing that, you know, people really weren't into it, and now there are a lot of people that are into it, and a lot of people that want to go catch these fish. Especially, they're just uh, you know they're fun to eat. Oh, they're fun to catch too. They uh, they pull hard. They chase baits really really well. I mean, you can get those suckers chasing up from the bottom all the way yeah, basically to the top of the ice. Um, so they're they're a lot of fun to fish for. Well, I think we gave everybody a pretty good overview of Mille Lacs and kind of what the story is up there. Uh, check, there's a ton of resorts on the lake. Uh, you know, I like to go out of Hunter's Point over there. Um, and that's that's a great access point, but there's a ton of them all over the lake and, and just kind of figure out where you want to fish and figure out where the closest resort to that is. 
and uh, give them a call, find out what your access is going to cost you, and get out there and do some fishing. All right, for Blake Tallison, I'm Chris Larson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.